to Telling the Tale. It's the podcast where we're going to play through every single Telltale episodic and non-episodic on occasion, but we're, we're going to stick to the episodes this time. Video game. I'm your host, Mitchell Farley-Wolf. I am the video games one. I'm here with the cartoon boy, Dustin Jackson. It is I, the cartoon boy. Watch my merry jig. I'm watching. I'm Ooh! He did that thing like that? where he... Uh, he like grabbed his ankle with one arm and then jumped through his other leg with the with the hoop of yeah. his arm and leg. You know that one? Yeah, I just uh-huh. saw him do it. That took a little bit to get right. Yeah. Ooh. You. Oh, you ripped your pants doing that. Yeah, but it's okay. This is an audio program. Okay. Well. Oh, now he's just walking back to his. He looks really ashamed. Uh oh. Yeah. I, if I had known this was gonna happen, I would have worn underwear today. Putting on a really brave, jokey kind of voice, but I can, I can tell in his eyes that he's not having fun right now. <laughs> you can see the tears welling up. Yeah, well, damn, Dustin, sorry for your everything. This is That's The okay. Walking Dead Michonne Episode 2, Give No Shelter. It was released on March 29th, 2016. Written by Ooh. Zach Keller and Andrew Hansen. Directed by Sean Manning. Designed by John Bernhelm and Mickey Lynn. None of those names were the same names as episode one. So we're really, uh, at least in terms of team leadership, episode per episode, we have like a completely different cast of people. I'm sure there's some season-wide people that are like above it all watching the whole thing to come together. But all the episode people are are different. That's interesting. Is that usually usually what we see? Um, I'm not sure. I... So, uh, I mean, kind of. I don't know if that's been the case for, like, Walking Dead before this, but I know, like, with Sam and Max episodes and, like, Strong Bad, we'd have different people on different episodes. Well, with Sam and Max, what I remember, especially in the first uh, two seasons, I don't really remember for Devil's Playhouse as much. It was like the the team started with maybe three writers on the first episode, and then Uh they just kept adding them. As they went through episodes, they didn't really take them Mm. away. It was like a snowball collecting Northern Californian writers. Right, but this time we just have uh, all these new people, all these new names. All these, yeah, all these new names. All of them were probably living in a house or apartment in Southern California, which is all I can think about when anything happens nowadays because i've been trying to do that and it's so hard and uh, yeah yeah if you've been following my twitter i've put some updates about that but i i (laughs) unfortunately cannot get a place to rent i'm working on it i have i want to give them my money so bad i just i don't know what's happening i have the money for you all let me give it to you why are you playing so hard to get well in a lot of cases i don't have as much money as they're asking for but i could i could have Pretty close, and in a lot of cases, the exact amount they're asking for. But it turns out that they're fake, or that they don't want to do it right now, or someone else has just got <laughs> it. Or it's, yeah, it's tough. I'm not really feeling it today. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm waiting for another uh, economy crash on the housing market so I can get them at a discount. <laughs> then just collect them all. Yeah, you hear a lot of people from uh, a lot of stories from people maybe our age or maybe a little bit older who are occasionally they'll say things like, "Oh yeah, this house, yeah, I bought it when it was on sale back in 08 or 09." And uh yeah, they got a pretty good deal for that and then they just never moved again because 
if they moved again, they'd pay millions more than what they paid at the time. You're right. And, uh, yeah, I was only 14 there, so I missed the boat. That's true. Uh, You know what? Better luck next time. Yeah, in this next economy crisis, which seems like it might come, uh, I will absolutely be ready. I'm going to buy the cheapest, biggest, stupidest house, and it's going to cost me $5. Awesome. I cannot wait. (laughs) I can't wait for everyone. Oh, they're going to lose their jobs and stuff. It's going to be bad in, in general. Yeah, that's true. But you'll get a house. I'll get it. Yeah, I can live in a place. Yeah, that'd be great for you. What did you think of this episode? Um, so overall, I liked it. However, mm-hmm. I think it gets a little bit silly towards the end. Yeah, it does. It does feel like there's three very distinct chapters of this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, leaving Monroe, we talked last week about how Monroe is this uh, system of boats and docks tied to each other, floating in the middle of a bay, led by a, a pretty strict community leader or couple of community leaders. So right. we're escaping there with Pete, Michonne, and Sam. Then we uh, we go into the forest, running away from people and running toward uh, Sam's house. And then there's sort of a showdown at Sam's house. Right, yeah. And each one of those has a very distinct, very different feel from each other. Um, I I felt like that middle period was maybe the strongest where I was most invested in the characters and what was going on out of With everything. The talking between Michonne and Sam? Yeah, when I was escaping from Monroe, I was like, kind of just waiting to not be there anymore. <laughs> Uh, but, um, but yeah, that that bit through the uh, bit through the forest, plus a little bit of where they actually get home and and talk to Sam's uh, family. That that stuff was pretty cool. But then at the very end, you're right; it got pretty silly pretty fast. Yeah, um, we'll we'll get to it. But boy, there are some parts right near the end where I'm like, what 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 happened? Am I supposed to take this seriously? To be they- clear, I didn't think that i didn't hate it i i thought that the yeah. stuff near the end was was fun and kind of uh a a a new style of like how bombastic you want walking dead to be but you're <laughs> right it it was a little bit less grounded <laughs> than there, some of the stories we've been uh seeing up to this point yeah there's there's just like two specific parts where i'm just kind of like okay really guys but i i enjoyed them because they were so over the top but it, it's it's very weird in a series like this yeah it, like all of a sudden near the end you get this uh almost tarantino which is i know that you haven't seen any of the tarantino movies it's come up on the podcast before but just a <laughs> just like a sudden and extreme burst of the most cartoonish over-the-top, blood and gore out of nowhere, sudden, discomforting violence all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, And they do a lot of stuff with it. It's interesting. It's not, like... It it doesn't feel completely sensationalist or indulgent. I mean, Mm -hmm. a little indulgent. I I guess I shouldn't say it doesn't. (laughs) But uh, used. Like, they use the whole animal, so to speak. 
Right. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's just the two parts. I guess we're just talking about the ending right from the get-go, so I'll just get into the two parts that... Uh, kind of, I, I don't want to say rub me the wrong way, but it did kind of take me out a little bit. Um, so the first time is when Michonne is talking to uh, the dad of Sam. I think his name is John. Sure. Um, I, I agree to that. I think that might be true. <laughs> uh, so he takes her out into the front to talk to her about yeah. something. And he opens the gate to throw uh, the walker arm that had broken off earlier out. Yeah. And it just seemed so uh, comically timed the way he says, uh, I don't know what my boys would do without me. And then a second after he says that, he gets a bullet to the face. Yeah, yeah right to the back of the head. It's, the, his, it's one of the more um, explosive headshots we've seen in this game so far. Yeah. Which I am to believe is a, is a, a, maybe not actually what would really happen, but maybe there's a shot. I don't know. Uh, I, I I looked into this for a project, in a game-related project I can't talk about that uh, is not what I'm currently working on, but what I used to be working on. And if you get shot in the head, let me tell you, it it doesn't necessarily explode the whole head most of the time. There's like a entry and exit wound, but right. it, you know at, at point blank range or with a certain kind of gun, you can obviously explode anything you want. <laughs> Anything your heart desires. Anyway, yeah, that's a that's a tangent. We don't need to talk about head explosion. It made me sad then. It makes me sad now. Right. Uh, but yeah, John John does sort of uh, just lose the entire structural integrity of his skull immediately yeah, after right, saying that. Yeah, just right after saying, like, uh, what a thing to say right before you die. So that was that was the one I knew you were talking about, but you said there's two, and I'm, I can't place what you might be talking about for the second one. So it's when Michonne is fighting off the other guys in Randall's crew. Yep. Uh, one of them gets stuck in the in the trap mm-hmm. in the front yard, and then Michonne takes the flare gun. Oh yeah. <laughs> and shoots it up into his jaw. So he's just kind of writhing around with the flare in his mouth, waving his hands around. I'm like, what is this? Like the M-rated Home Alone? Yeah, and like like the the fire from the flare starts to come out of his eyes and mouth and he looks demonic. It's Yeah, uh, I, I was I was half expecting Michonne to say, Hey, and no need to be such a hothead. <laughs> Yeah, let's let you cool off. <laughs> like, it would have been so out of character, but in that moment, I was like, I, I'm i not putting it past them. Yeah, and I, I think in, in zombie stories, one of the reasons that you would make a zombie story is to analyze and kind of play around with the presentation of violence in a way that is not immediately disquieting to the viewer, right? You, right. you would use... You can use aliens, monsters, and I guess zombies would be under monsters in this case, and Nazis in order to mm. kill a bunch of something on screen without it being sad to an audience. That's like right. the, the old trick of the trade. Aliens, zombies, or monsters, and Nazis. You're allowed to do that to those people. Uh, so for them to go this hard into, like, people, just just people that are are trying to... 
in some cases, like maybe not Randall in this case, maybe he would fall into as hateful as Nazis because Man. we don't we don't like Randall. He's he's just a really mean murderous guy. But these other Randall two people are just so kind of following dire- his directions and yeah. maybe working under the assumption that uh, their community is actually in trouble and they need to do this for them. And they just die. They just straight up die unceremoniously. Michonne stabs one in the head with a knife. The flare gun in the face is one of the most brutal things I've ever seen in a video game. <laughs> it's one of the worst deaths, uh, it, especially in a Telltale video game. And we've seen some messed up, but like kind of trying for realist vibes yeah. on uh, in the CSI games. Mm-hmm. They've always been at least somewhat grounded. Like, even even if it's still, like, exaggerated in a way. Like, no- nothing up until this point, at least in The Walking Dead, has felt so over-the-top and cartoony to me. Yeah, and we've seen a lot of maybe the opposite side of the extreme with Borderlands, where people are just dying in very, like, purposefully comical ways. Yeah. Constantly, yeah. It's, it's kind of the, the 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 vibe of the the universe. You're not supposed to take it seriously. It it's a comedy. Exactly, uh, it's the tone they're going for. And this is like really strangely in that valley in the middle of those uh, extremes. It feels like it's really going for it, trying to take itself seriously, but also doing the most like just <laughs> disgustingly over the top, unnecessary. Uh, death I've ever seen in a video game <laughs> and like yeah there's some messed up stuff in, in video games I'm trying to think if there's anything I've seen in a video game that is worse than this uh, in terms of a, a graphic death in in terms of something that something like like you, you just said about uh, Borderlands like mm-hmm. I'm sure Borderlands has well I don't know I haven't played Borderlands but well, even in what we saw of Borderlands in, in the Tales and New Tales, people are getting, like, blown in half very casually, and then their partners are like, gotta call in reinforcements. Like, that's the vibe of that. Yeah. Or remember mm-hmm. in, in uh, episode five of Tales from the Borderlands, where Fiona has or has the option to have all of those um, Handsome Jack fans try to run into the office? Yeah. And then just get diced up immediately by... Uh, like like a like a force field thing. Uh huh. I remember. I guess, oh, how could I forget? That's pretty extreme. But um, this is like slow, and this yeah. this really lets you you focus on it and shows it in close up great detail. <laughs> uh, they they really yeah. like showing close ups of these guys. Yeah, you know, like there, there's tons of of extreme death, um, like animations in Tomb Raider, or or more recently, just in, in things like Inside or Limbo. It's it's sad when the kid dies in in very gross, painful ways. But this is just so slow and so your fault, and like what <laughs> the game wanted you to do. I think that it 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 uh. It comes across so much stronger, not stronger in like, oh, I'm a, I'm glad they did that kind of way. Stronger in a, <laughs> whoa, you you really made a choice. You really you really just, made a whole you choice just went here for it, huh? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, it's it's. 
I don't think it was the right call, but boy, is it memorable. I'm going to remember it. Yeah. Um, just like the, it ha- the guy has to wait until the, the flare completely burns all the way through to die. Yeah. And, and like he's already been stabbed like in the torso yeah, by he's, Michonne. He's having a rough go of it. She didn't need to fire that flare right into his head and mouth. Yeah, like you, you still have the machete. Just keep keep going with the machete. That was working for you. Yeah, you stab that other guy in the face. She regularly, I... like very cleanly beheads these zombies. I assume that would still work on a living person. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Yeah, good points. Good points all around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, they're really the moments that stood out to me the most, even if... Uh... Like, like, otherwise, I still think this episode was pretty good. I was invested enough. It's just those two parts where I'm like, okay, all right, let's cool it a little bit. Let's back off. Let's think about the way we're doing these deaths. So I looked we're on... We're Telltale's uh, The Walking Dead, for God's sake. I looked on the Wikipedia entry for this series, uh, The Walking Dead Michonne specifically, and I looked at it, its reception. And mm-hmm. people, I think, generally agreed, yeah, it was a pretty good Walking Dead thing, but... Uh, each episode was so short that they couldn't really get much out of it, and there were only a few of them, so it felt to a lot of reviewers less substantive than uh, previous seasons of The Walking Dead or other Telltale things. Would you agree with that assessment? I think I do, actually. I I was thinking about how, like, last episode just felt like it was just setting things up, and then this episode starts, we're, like, out of there. Last episode was a little longer than this one. This one was uh, like one hour or less, I feel. Uh, Michonne was talking to uh, Sam on their their walk, and that was cool. But then you get to her house, and there's no time for any of these characters to sink in. We have uh, the father, the two little brothers, and I assume uh, an older sister, maybe? Because they talk about the, the mom is dead. Um... I so I yeah I wasn't sure I was I was thinking maybe this they don't is like go a, into it at all like a family friend or like a nanny or a babysitter who was around <laughs> when the apocalypse happened and just became yeah, she, part of the family union Unit? she could literally Unient? be anyone I said union union that's a good word yeah it's a I don't family, know what it means uh, unit and union together that's pretty you saved a lot of time maybe an lost onion. it all by explaining it but yeah <laughs> this lady onion. could. This lady could literally be anyone. They never tell you who she, unless I just missed it. But I, she could, she could be a family friend. She could be like, maybe the dad remarried. Maybe she's like an older sister. She could be anyone. I don't know. By the end of the episode, I think that was my guess because they bring up that uh, the kid's mother died. Yeah. Yeah. Sam and Greg. So Sam and Greg from the last episode, they they have two additional younger brothers, younger than Greg. Uh, and I believe their names are Alex. And I didn't, I don't think I got the other one, but one of them was like um, a really little kid. Uh, James and Alex. James and Alex. Uh, so their parents are John, who is the person whose head unfortunately exploded as we uh, just discussed. And a mother who seems to have died before. Yeah. The, the Wakening. The Wakening? Do we have a name? 
the Wakening. That's my new name for it. But f- for just the zombie apocalypse. Yeah, for when the walkers started. Oh, I mean that's a good. I mean it's just as good as calling them walkers. I think. Yeah, well these these people actually call them rotters because they rot. Do was it the people just like on the ship that called them that? Because I think it was Greg. I, I think it was Greg specifically said rotters. Oh, weird because Sam calls them walkers in this episode. Well, yeah, I think she realized her one was like a little bit dumber than walkers, but they're both playing on the same field. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? I I guess we can just play around with whatever we call them. Yeah, th- <laughs> this is the man that makes $2 an hour making fun of the man that makes $1 an hour when you compare walkers and rotters. They are not good names, period. Yeah. They real, real, real suck. Uh, I I still hate it. Like, yeah, they have every I can, aspect of pop culture slide. except zombie movies. It sucks. Yeah, I, I can let it slide just because usually these stories are good enough that I'm like, okay, you call them whatever you want. I like these characters. I like what you're going through. I like your whole deal. Um, But it gets silly as it goes on longer and people start calling them different things. Yeah. These fluffers are really messing up my groove. <laughs> you've seen that joel haver video right yeah yeah i i, I think I, I think so yeah that's all i think of anytime they say any word for these guys <laughs> what, what was one of the ones he used in there uh like like freakers no freakers is real uh something like that though jitterers skippers <laughs> I, I saw one try to get in a car once so they're drivers i saw one having a conversation with another one so they're conversationalists um that would be one thing i would be very interested to see them try to do try to have zombies with thoughts and and like conversation yeah and like emotions and you can like get behind them and root for them yeah yeah you know what i said that as a joke but i think that would be not a bad idea having like a zombie that you can like actually kind of be sympathetic for rather than just a mindless force. Well, I think that's I'm the, sure something like that exists. That's the plot of Santa Clara Diet, I believe. Oh. With uh what's her name from ET and also Drew Barrymore. Oh. Yeah, she she uh gets bitten She's... by like an actual zombie, but then she keeps most of her body together and she goes to the doctor and the doctor's like, "Yeah, you're dead." And she's like, mm, "I don't feel dead but i I, guess i'm dead i feel fine Hmm. i guess i guess i'll just keep going and she just has to occasionally eat people and that's the santa clara diet oh that's too bad uh drew barrymore (laughs) was olive in all of the other reindeer i love that for her me too i love that for me i love that special what's your favorite drew barrymore flick i guess that that, (laughs) i guess that it's just like a 40 minute christmas special um, I can't think of many other things she's been in. I like her in uh, Being John Malkovich. She's in that. She's good. Uh, Did she play Jillian on Family Guy? I can't know that. <laughs> it's possible. It sounds... It, I'm trying to picture her voice and actually, yeah, it sounds very possible. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to look it up. She she uh, she was great in Fifty First Dates, even though that movie... Uh, it, it's like a it, it's like a ticking time bomb in my head of like every now and then I was like, oh man, I gotta think about fifty first dates now. I 
like that movie. I only saw it once, so I don't really remember it, but I remember liking it. I I like it in an abstract, but it's also like, yeah, you're going to have to convince this woman who does not remember giving birth to her child that she's in love with you every day and she just has to watch a video. It's so it like if if you just let the movie tell you how to feel about it, you'll walk out of it pretty okay. Right. But if you think about like the any kind of uh conceptual lengthening of what that movie's all about, it's it's wild wild stuff in there. Yeah, I don't think I would have it in me to <laughs> stick it stick to it for that long uh well it's just in my head all the time i don't have a choice anyway uh this this uh why did we talk about drew barrymore at all santa clara diet Uh, oh zombies yes got it (laughs) cool yeah i don't know the the rest of this episode is is sort of like it it was good there were some good moments but it, it felt very uh just in between standard walking dead Lot, lot of, lot of like getting ready to just bridge the first episode to the last episode. Yeah. Well, like we said, this is probably the best place to feel that. In the middle, yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. That sounds right. So um, it's it, it's it's so weird because I want to say maybe this is building up to like a big finale for Michonne, but. I don't know, we just met this. the rest of the members of this family and they don't get to do anything. I, I feel like I agree that it, there's just not enough here to latch onto with my, with my big teeth. <laughs> well, I, I think that's probably unavoidable considering the gap in the narrative that they're trying to fill with the series. Yeah. Uh, so Michonne left the party. Michonne's coming back to the party. I don't know if any of these other characters are going to, like, come back with her when Michonne comes back, because we didn't read it. Uh, Mm -hmm. But, like, maybe people playing this game are like, oh, that's how she met Sam or Pete. And we just had to know that. Uh, But I did not get the impression Mm -hmm. that any of these characters are necessarily in the show, because it feels like stuff could maybe happen to them. Yeah, we know them... we know nothing can happen to Michonne. She has to she has to remain intact and rejoin the group. Yeah, Michonne is, doesn't it, die. It is a bit of a bummer. And any character that can die, we know does not matter to the comics. Yeah, Greg, get out of here. I I kind of feel like that is the best way to play through this game, not knowing what happens to the characters in the comics because if uh if for example Pete shows up later in the comics or Sam comes uh, shows up later in the comics we just know oh they can't have died so yeah the the stakes are alleviated but as far as i know as f- the only thing i know about michonne is that michonne comes back i don't know about these other characters maybe all of them are made up by telltale i don't i don't know at all no idea yeah i don't know i i can definitely see that being a flaw in this season like it it it, it kind of kneecaps what they're going for like, we don't know, but maybe someone else out there is a big fan of the comics and is just like, oh, yeah, like you said, well, I know nothing can happen to Pete, but here I'm like, oh, no, I hope Pete survives. I like Pete enough. <laughs> I'll, I'll pretend to like Pete for the time being. To <laughs> I'll play along. Assume that I like <laughs> Pete. I'll play your game. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I ass- I'm assuming 
all of these characters except Michonne can die. Maybe that's not true. I, I'm wondering if the yeah. crew on the boat in the first episode is actually who, like, stays around, and that's why we had to get away from them. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, so... I do like that. I do like that boat town. Well, speaking of that boat town, that's where the episode starts. And and uh, I think this episode, it, it's not as important to go, like, step by step with all the things that happen. Because I think yeah. most of the interesting stuff is packed right into the last, like, 15 minutes. Yeah, we hit the broad strokes of it. Yeah, uh, well, so at Monroe, remember last episode ended with Zachary getting the gun or not getting mm-hmm. the gun and dying. Uh, turns out either way, Zachary's either going to be dead because you shot him or let Sam shoot him or you stop Sam from shooting him and he's like, okay, cool. Yeah, you should probably should take out Randall. That guy sucks. Um, so either way, Zachary's out of the way. Not Because I, I wrote down in my notes before I started playing the episode, I assume Zachary is going to fuck my shit. Turns out, shit unfucked. Shit remained unfucked the entire episode. Zachary is barely a presence. Yeah, Zachary, uh, he shows up because both of us let him live. Yeah. Uh, he shows up and he's like, okay, yeah, you, you can just... I'm going to take the gun, but you guys can go. Right. Which, which felt felt nice. Felt like a, a, a nice um, morally preser- uh, preservationist move from Zachary. I appreciated it. He could have been worse. <laughs> Thanks, Zachary. You could have been worse. And there's a lot of times, like, uh, most of the rest of getting out of Monroe is, like, QTEs and just sneaking around while people aren't looking. Uh, You get in a fight with Randall and Norma at one point, and both of them lived through it for me. And both of, or everyone with me lived through it as well, uh, with Pete and Sam and Michonne. I assume that that has to happen. Yeah, I, I would assume so. First big choice is... Pete volunteers to, like, give himself up, and then Sam and Michonne can get away while Pete's distracting them. Did uh, you let Pete go, or did you stop him? I tackled him. I, I didn't let him do that. Ooh, interesting. I let him do it. So what happens? Nothing. <laughs> well, what, just, do, what do you he, mean, though? <laughs> he, he just goes, he just d- comes out and is like, all right, I'm coming out. I got my hands up. And then he distracts them long enough for Michonne and Sam to escape. Okay, so for me, Pete was with us the entire episode. Interesting. Pete was not with me at all. That is a huge difference. That's significant. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so when, when I had Michonne, I, Michonne tackled Pete. And Michonne was like, you idiot. Why? why? <laughs> we're, we're all leaving. It's fine. We'll just fight these people. We can fight. Yeah, I... I was very on the fence. I will say this episode does have like a couple choices I had to really stop and think about. Um, I let him do it just because, I don't know, seemed like a good idea. I respected him enough to go with his plan. Yeah, that that was but a I guess consideration for me. It was like, well, it's your choice. I don't want to take the choice away from you. But I, yeah. it just didn't seem necessary for me in, in my my skewed perspective. Yeah, see, for me, it did seem necessary just because we got to get out of here, like, right away. We're stuck in here. We need a distraction, but I guess not, because he can just go with you. So, it, um, yeah, if you if you choose to tackle Pete and have him go with you, you do get in a lot of fights uh, where a couple people might be, like, mortally wounded. You don't see anyone explicitly die, 
Uh, but there's one person who's uh, as soon as you get in a boat with Michonne, Pete, and Sam, or Michonne and just Sam at that point, someone puts a gun to you and it's like, "Hey, you gotta get, you gotta get out of my boat. You stole our goods and now you're stealing a boat." And then uh, Pete like throws a thing at her and. Then she falls into the water and Michonne like gets her across the chest with the knife a little bit. Uh, And it seemed like, oh, yeah, she's going to be pretty hurt. I don't think killed, but like she will be hurt from that. Uh, And and then they go and Pete is remarking on that as they leave in the boat saying like, all those people didn't have to get hurt. I could have just turned myself in. And Michonne says, if you let her, Michonne can say something to the effect of like, yeah, but then you'd probably be dead, idiot. Like, what are you? What are you talking about? Yes, they stinky? they kidnapped us. I'm not sympathetic. Yeah, 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 yeah. That that's interesting. Um, so I had the same deal. I had the lady like hold me at gunpoint. Oh, you had that. Um, okay. Yeah, but Pete was not there to stop her. What happened? It's not coming to me. I I don't know why I don't remember what happened. I think like there was. Another oh there, so there was another flare gun, I think. Mm. Mm-hmm. Michonne grabbed it and fired it, and that knocked her into the water. The firing um, of the flare gun like startled her. Yeah, yeah, and it and it caught the the shed they were hiding in on fire, and then you just look back and see like a bunch of the boats on fire. Whoa! Yeah, that didn't happen for me. Ooh. Uh, there there was a flare shot in the air as Pete, Sam, and Michonne got to the shore. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was like shot in the air from Monroe, and it looked like they were signaling something. Yeah, yeah, that happened too. They uh, got a lot of flare guns. Yeah, a lot of it's a big flare gun episode for all those <laughs> flare heads out there. Yup, it's the flare gun episode. Uh, and I I uh, wrote in my notes the flare gun that just went off is probably significant, but I don't I don't know unless it was just foreshadowing the guy that would eat the flare. Um, <laughs> but like, why why do that? Why foreshadow that? Yeah, that that's a strange. It's strange enough to have that. It would be str- all very strange to be like, ah, keep this flare in mind. Yeah, the thing the thing with kidnapping is if someone kidnaps you, I think you can like hit them really hard and that's fine in the eyes of the Lord. I think so too. I think if you're being kidnapped <laughs> by someone, it's fine. I yeah, you're if you're held against your will for a crime you did not commit by non like someone who's not an authority that you respect, uh just just start swinging. Yeah, just hit them. Start blasting. It's not that hard. I give you permission. It's on it's on me to do that for you. Mitchell, you're going to love this, but Drew Barrymore was the voice of Jillian and Family Guy. Love it. You've been focusing on that for the last few minutes? I've just been kind of holding it down until it seemed relevant. <laughs> it, it did not seem relevant. <laughs> uh, but thank you. Now, now I can rest easy. You're welcome. So as you're going through, now that I think about it, I guess Pete didn't do a whole lot. Uh, in, in the middle section of the episode, so I can see that working out. As you're climbing, uh, you eventually get led to a, like a fallen radio tower that you need to climb up the scaffolding of to uh, get to Sam's house faster. Mm-hmm. So Sam, 
Pete and Michonne do it. At one point, Sam gets shot because uh, Randall and two of his goons, one of which would later eat the flare, uh, start shooting at you. One of them hits Sam in the shoulder. Ah, classic Randall and his gang. Pretty sure that has to happen. Uh, The bullet hitting Sam. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't think there's a way to get out of that. No, that seems like a a major story moment. Yeah, and now that I'm looking back, yeah, Pete was just like climbing the other side of the tower, not getting involved. Uh, (laughs) So that... Don't mind me, guys. I should have been thinking about that as that was happening. Like, oh, this didn't need to happen. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry, we got. I, I'll I'll just pull in Nick and be over here. Uh, and then eventually you get led to Sam's house, where John, Sam's father, comes out and, and greets you and is very skeptical of you at first. Uh, and, and then th- there's the blonde woman who we were unable to place the the role of. Uh, she she also like held you at gunpoint at first, and you have the the job of removing the bullet from Sam, sterilizing the wound. And cauterizing the scar. And it's all, all a bunch of gross ways to do it by just, you know, pouring vodka in there and then using a fire poker to cauterize the wound. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, pretty pretty good medical, primitive medical stuff going on there. Good stuff. Yeah, I, I mean, it works. It, it's, it, it's a situation like in the first episode of season two where it's very gruesome, but I mean, like... I guess realistic enough. I don't know what I would do in a situation like this. The tools are there. Yeah, and I, I kind of get the the um, idea that the reason that it needs to be this extreme and this like chaotic in, in trying to cure the wound mm-hmm. is because the the authority figures here, that the dad and the whoever girl, are initially very skeptical of you and i think the story is just like not interested in telling that kind of story right now so it, it it's like a way for you to get in their trust very fast yeah. you just you you cure the wound so you're just done uh being they're, they're judgy at first and i i think they realized oh we did this like four times in the last two seasons of the walking dead we don't need to have this exact dynamic right now yeah exactly good <laughs> let's just have them trust you let's skip that yeah, part they, they they can see you're trying to help her yeah um then there's another oh i i forgot about this until right now because i played the episode a few days ago after uh-huh. that part michonne falls into sort of a trance and has another like psychic sort of daydream yeah about her kids um i didn't get much out of it no not really i still thought it was kind of neat sure yeah it was like a tonal interesting thing i didn't find out anything new about her kids through this though not really i think i think the one thing you can get out of it i think it sounded like they were with someone else when it happened like uh you get a call from someone named donna who's saying Mm -hmm. she called someone else whose name i forget but well, Maybe. you have you have the choice, right, of either yeah. picking up the ringing phone or running out into the hallway where you think they might have been. Right. Where did what did you do? I I also answered the phone and talked to Donna. Oh, okay. Yeah, because it sounded like she had called someone else who had the girls with him. Uh, I don't know if it was like uh, Michonne's husband or what, because yeah, I, I don't know if they're together, but it was their yeah. their father. Yeah. So. You you do get some more hints at what happened. It it still doesn't tell you what happened, but 
enough to dangle that carrot in front of your face. Uh, you do get the daughter's names, which are Colette and Elodie. They really didn't scamp on giving them powerful, like, brain space occupying names. Yeah. You really got th- you, you can't forget Colette and Elodie. Colette and Elodie. Elodie is almost Melody. That's true. It's like just off enough so you remember it. Yeah, that Melody's a name. Elodie? Yeah. Sure. Maybe what maybe about I'm Lodi? Maybe I'm uh displaying my my naivete and Elodie is actually a very common name. I just don't know. Yeah. I know Colette's well, probably like a co- common-ish sort of name. Yeah, I've heard it before. I I have heard Elodie before. Oh. Um Yeah, in the show OKKO. Okay uh in my freshman year of high school, I dated a girl for one week named Melody. And How did that go? It was a week, uh, you said? Bad. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it, went, it went very poorly. She, she soon after that dated one of my good friends. And I was like, dude. I, that I guess, sucks. I guess he gotta. And, and now we're, we're still friends. <laughs> but like, I think it, we haven't talked about that in probably... Uh, how old was I? 13, 14, 15 years, I guess. <laughs> wow, that's that's quite a situation. Yeah. And you just remembered it just now. Well, it's it's definitely my my closest word association with like if anyone wants to say the name Melody, I'm like, oh no, no, I got a thing. <laughs> I've I've definitely got Stand something back. I can think about if you want me to get lost in reminiscent. <laughs> Stand back, because I got a story. Um yeah, so John then takes Michonne on a little walk. And for me, Pete was yelling to John of like, hey, you got to get out of here fast. And John sort of looked like he was taking it to heart. But uh, considering how soon after this that John dies, again, it doesn't really matter that Pete was there making yeah. the, the narrative flow regardless of what you did. Um, But John starts talking to Michonne and he asks her if she's uh if she's got kids and i wanted to just like th- th- this this series does this a lot of like they they're only going to let you tell some of the truth <laughs> <laughs> cuz you can either say no or two kids and the truth is i had two kids but don't now yeah uh, but they just won't let you say it <laughs> just won't let you get there <laughs> It's it's an interesting like force of a choice where you just can't be the person you would be. Uh, yeah, all of the choices are still like in the style of this character Michonne, who's got her own personality, but you can just direct what aspect of her personality comes out rather than actually making choices for her. I like that. It makes her stay a character rather than just a blank slate you're projecting yourself into. I guess. I guess I, I guess I would say that if it weren't for the fact that Clementine and Lee are that and they're still very good characters. They're still very like yeah. great characters. Better than Michonne, I'd say. Yeah. I agree. Hmm. Well Yeah. Uh <laughs> so then Randall and his guys show up, shoot John in the face, the flare gun incident. Then we get Randall and we corner him in the garage. Uh, no one besides John has to die from the good guy side. And right. 
they they take his hands. They take Randall's hands and press them into this vice. Uh, I like a tool I think he table. deserves it. Yeah, it 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 looked painful, but also not like completely handbreakingly painful. Yeah. Um. So so they exercised restraint. He, and he probably deserves a lot worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so they, he... they they start talking to uh, Randall for a while, trying to maybe get some information. They don't get a lot of information. Yeah. Uh, he's just kind of an asshole. Yeah, he's he's really not understanding the power dynamic here. <laughs> we, <laughs> we've got him all uh, viced up. And he's like, well, you're damned if you do. You're damned if you don't. Ma- not making a very good argument to like protect him in any way. Yeah, really. It's like, okay, well, that makes you a lot more expendable. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it, well, if I'm Dan, if I do, and I am Dan, if I don't, then I should probably do what I want to, which is like not going to be good for you, not going to be very healthy <laughs> on your end. Yeah. So he's goading you on, and you have a choice in whether or not to uh make him shut up forever. Well, before that, before that, he gets like a radio call. I think this is kind of important. Right, right, right. I forgot. He gets a radio call from Norma, his sister, who is the actual leader of the the community. And you have a choice of how you handle this in a a few different like choice moments. You can either choose to just not answer it. You can talk on the radio or you can have um, Randall talk on the radio. And I had Randall talk on the radio. I also had Randall talk on the radio. Yeah, I, I think that's that, that's the move, right? Because if you answer it, then you know that you've got, or that you know that Norma knows you've got Randall in a bad position. Yeah, and you've you fucked yourself basically. Yeah, and if uh, if you don't answer it, then they're going to go look for Randall. So you have to have Randall say he's fine, and Randall kind of gives the impression like, yeah, you've got me right where you want me, so. I how how could I possibly refuse? You have I have to do what you say. And Yeah, he says, I, I'm not looking to get any more broken fingers. And then there's a very cool mechanic where you hold the button down on the radio by holding a button down on the controller, and you'll just keep the broadcast going to Norma as long as you want. Like you can you can at any moment take the button the hand finger off the radio. So how long did you go? So I had it, I think Norma starts the conversation and says, Randall, how are you? Come in, Randall. And then Randall says, hi, Norma, it's me. I'm okay. And then Norma says, where are you? And then I took my finger off the button. So I really only got like one sentence of Randall saying he's okay and it's clearly him and it's his voice. Uh, but then See, I, I stopped. I went a little farther. Um... I had him tell her that uh, he made it to the mainland and got lost in the woods. Uh, but then he started talking about the path to where they are, and that's when I took it off. Oh, okay. yeah, that's what I assumed would happen. Like, he would he would give away too much. And uh, I, w- I was hoping, like, Randall only needs to say he's fine in order yeah. for, like, the, the panic to go off. But when, uh, after he says that, Norma asks another question, and then like it's done he's not answering anymore and mm-hmm. she goes randall randall come in randall and it sounds like she's still gonna panic no matter what so it didn't quite do what i wanted it to do but i still liked that a lot as, as a yeah. interesting mechanic i did too i liked that uh mechanic a lot i 
I do wish it they did a little more with it. Like maybe they let you uh like cut him off and then let you bring it back to him and see what he'll say. Mm-hmm. Uh like be like, look, don't tell her where this house is, and then you could bring it back. So I, I thought it was a good mechanic, but I wish they did a little more with it. Yeah, this makes me very curious about how I, I don't often think about this in Telltale games because so many of them are done within the same format. Uh, mm-hmm. But I'm I'm really interested in how this is programmed. Like how it, maybe it's a, just a sequence. And then if you get to a certain part of the sequence, they put a flag of, okay, he said this. So we turn that Boolean from false to true. And then you can read those Booleans later. That, that would be, mm. I would be interested yeah, to see how that works under the hood. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so then after all that, Randall says a bunch of shit about, uh, Michonne's kids and, and just like, just is a rude guy all around, not taking his stature of, uh, kidnapped victim very seriously at all. Yeah. And, uh, for, for me, the choice between killing him and not killing him was represented by advice I received from Pete and Sam. Because uh, Sam, being that uh, Greg and her father are now dead, Sam's like, yeah, absolutely kill this guy. If you don't, I will. Understandable. Yeah, she said that for me as well. And then Pete is like, dude, what are you doing? If we kill this guy, we're going to be on Norma's shit list forever. She won't stop. Yeah. Um, and then they both walk out of the room. Uh, and then I definitely shot him right in the face <laughs> immediately. I did it immediately. Um, so, I did not shoot him, even though I wanted to. Had a feeling. And had a feeling. I think I think the difference is Pete was not with me. I feel like if I if I killed Randall, they would just straight up kill Pete. Mm, I feel. Yeah. I I I think yeah. about how Carver, uh, like when we killed one of his guys, he killed uh, shit. I don't remember his name. The Walter. Guy, Walter, that's it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he just straight up kills Walter. I think what's going to stop them from doing exactly that? Even though uh, Randall is extremely dangerous to keep around, he's saying like he's just going to kill everyone, including the kids. And that's not cool, but I feel like, yeah. Yeah. If, if we had killed him, they just would have straight up killed Pete. And I feel like we were at least in a position where we have leverage with him alive yeah with with randall here i could imagine this being a harder decision for me if he was saying things like look you've clearly got me at a disadvantage let's haggle here uh i can tell them to if i didn't have pete let them go uh or i can tell them to give up the search and just let you go you clearly don't have the goods here uh if you let me go and give me like one can of food. I'll just walk away and it'll be fine. If he said that, even though I might not believe him, that'd be like a reason for me. But he just mm-hmm. kept going on about like, as soon as I get out of here, I'm killing all these kids. Like, okay, well then I won't let you do that. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> that yeah, seems very strange I, for you to argue in that way. Yeah. I, I did have to pause it and really think about it since. Yeah. I, I definitely want this guy dead. I feel like, if it weren't a situation where I was missing someone, like they had one of my people, then 
I would have just gone for it. Like, this is a dangerous mm, guy yeah. to have here. That makes and, a lot and, of sense to me. And, and another thing that went through my head was it's not a matter of morality because Michonne just straight up killed his other two guys who probably were not nearly as bad. Yeah, this is a this is an interesting trope in video games and and uh, like genre fiction in general like this where you kill a bunch of goons and it's fine. And then leading up to the main guy and then all of a sudden like good guys don't kill main bad guys. <laughs> for for some reason it's suddenly more important to uh like not pull the trigger because this guy has dialogue. Yeah, like Randall is straight up saying like uh oh, I I I can tell you like to kill and he's kind of goading you on and it feels like what they're going for is having Michonne be like, "No, I'm not like you. I'm not going to s- uh stoop to your level when she just annihilated two people yeah well the the reason the only reason i was thinking that i shouldn't do this maybe is because i have pete actually and i think he's gonna yell at me he didn't he he's uh <laughs> he's more of a pacifist he's a really nice guy he wouldn't do this right you don't want to get on pete's bad side yeah he's gonna make me feel sad and in a three episode arc that might be like the most consequences i could withstand <laughs> <laughs> Because yeah, if, if all these if characters die, case. I'm like, well, that was three episodes. I'll move on to the next Telltale game. Basically, yeah. If if I had Pete with me, I would have just straight up killed Randall. Because it's like, who cares? What like are they gonna come for me? Fine. I'll. We have his rifle. We have a lot of people. Um, but just the fact that they had Pete made me be like, mm, this guy is better as a bargaining chip. Yeah. Like, probably still not a good choice to make, because, like, what's going to happen when you give him up? Are are they just going to leave? No, probably not. We have a whole third episode to do. Yeah, because I felt, like, mostly kind of cool about um, how I handled the radio st- situation. I didn't give away anything, and I did let Norma know that Randall was okay in that moment. I just felt good about it in general. I felt right. like... Nothing he said has been convincing at all to keep him alive. In fact, he <laughs> seems almost like he wants to die. Like like he's playing some 4D chess and doesn't recognize the 2D chess mate right in front of him. Yeah, he's trying to use reverse psychology in a way where you're like, uh, no, I'm ju- I'll just kill you. Yeah, <laughs> it's like he's overthought a debate team debate too much. <laughs> <laughs> and and like the the opposite side says so in summary slavery was morally wrong and then he starts saying well slavery might be morally wrong and then loses because he thought yeah. through it too many times in his head and he did it wrong <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah randall's not great at this but I didn't kill him. It, I I guess I guess it worked. Well, no, that specifically didn't work. What he had to say had no bearing on whether or not he lived or died. Um, it was just purely because of Pete. But even yeah. then, I don't feel like I don't know if I stand by my choice because this guy is a dangerous maniac. Well, I'm glad that you have the choices you have, regardless of whether I agree with them or not, because uh, not having Pete and having randall alive is very different from the way my episode ended so 
we're gonna get some different uh different endings in this season probably yeah i wonder i wonder if since this isn't tied into the clementine story well no i was gonna say maybe they're allowed to go further and wilder with the endings but it's still michonne she has to live yeah i i think probably it would be too soon for these characters to show up if telltale wanted them to in season three but maybe they like make a cameo or something in season four if they can read the save data i don't know yeah um everything i've seen makes it seem like michonne is very isolated and very separate but um yeah same i i i would be very surprised if any of this carried over going forward i think that's that's part of the reason that maybe i haven't been as invested in like making absolutely sure I'm, i'm happy with where my decisions have led me but being absolutely sure what i'm doing is right all the time uh mm-hmm. in michonne versus uh one of the previous seasons just because i know it's like okay three seasons and then, I, then i'm out i i I'm don't here. i don't see it getting me as emotionally invested or sorry three episodes not three seasons three episodes and then i'm out because i i can't imagine it getting me as emotionally invested as what happened at the end of season one or season two yeah, I just no, totally can't believe agreed. it would happen. There's just no time for it. Like and, and like I said earlier about the people in this house, like I this episode ends and you barely know any of them. Like you have a conversation with uh the blonde lady, but her role is still unknown. We don't uh, know we she might have her name, but uh we yeah. said the blonde lady a lot of times in this episode. <laughs> the dad just immediately has a bullet go in his face. Yeah. Yup, 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 yup. You 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 get like maybe one or two minutes talking with him, and then he's out of there. And then the kids, obviously, the kids are traumatized by the loss of their brother and all this shit going on. So I guess I don't expect them to be like massive players right away. But I also don't see me really getting to know anyone that's left. Yeah, I I'm. I think there's a lot of comparisons here to 500 days that you could make because those those weren't even three episodes. Those were each a fifth of one episode. Very yeah, small think... amount of time. But those things within their own little scope of story did have emotional resonance where I think this is it has some it's not like completely soulless or anything, but mm-hmm. it's definitely struggling to keep me as invested as either the 500 day stories or anything in the main seasons. Yeah. I think the thing about 500 days, um, I know when we played it, it was still kind of a mixed bag. Like you can't be super worried about all these people, but sure. Yeah. I, I, I could respect what it, I thought what it was doing was very interesting. Just showing like little pockets of this world. I think it did a better job of conveying that. Look, you're not going to be with these characters for a long time, but they still have like, real stories that are happening to them and i guess this one does too but like these other characters are just like such Mm non-players and it doesn't feel like like we're already going into the last episode and i feel like they're just maybe there will be but i just feel like there won't be time to give them the spotlight at all yeah i i think it's like the length of the season is long enough to give it its own set of expectations but the content of it is small enough to not reach um, those expectations because it probably is 
of the emotional weight of 500 days but you just don't expect much from those little vignettes in, in 500 days so they were all or at least most of them three out of five or so were pretty satisfying little bits i think about the yeah. bonnie story in th- uh, 500 days a lot of uh just following uh or, or not following anyone but like you you go out into the the cornfield and you have to just swing at someone you can't see and then it, it was the woman who didn't uh, that you, you accidentally killed her with the yeah the thingy whatever it was. That was that was heart wrenching. That was a real bummer. I was sad playing it, and uh, I, I had an emotion. And in this case, I'm just maybe it's just because I've seen so much of The Walking Dead now that um, mm-hmm. I kind of know like oh yeah you know I'll I'll feel sad I'll I'll get there <laughs> and I'll just like in I'll interpret that more academically than actually emotionally right yeah that could be it i feel like it maybe it is just the expectation maybe since this is like there's a focus here still we're still focusing on like a character and the characters around her um and it feels more like an actual season story even if it's not if you go in when you go into 500 days you kind of know what to expect Right. So I think the fact that you're able to get anything out of those very short stories is more impressive than what they're giving the characters here. I totally agree. That makes a lot of sense. And I think that you said it well. Thank you. I tried. I practiced it for hours. Um, so, yeah, let's I think we just go into our segments. I think we're done. I think so. There was really not a whole lot to talk about this episode. Yeah, it seems premature, but it's just it just isn't that long. We've talked for uh, at this point about the same amount of time as it took to play through it. So, yeah, yeah. maybe maybe it'll be, have like a big grand finale. So I looked um, on how long to beat, and they actually do have them set up for like per episode. Uh-huh. Um, episode one it had like as at two hours, and then episodes two and three were each one hour jeez one hour for the third episode that's yeah about as much time as we had for this episode in the third episode oh jeez it's about what they do with it more than anything but yeah yeah, i i I think i agree it's not necessarily a great sign i haven't been hating what i've seen so far it's just um, no it's been it's been fine i think it's just more when i'm thinking like when i was playing it i didn't have these problems when i was playing it i was just like all right let's see where this goes it's only in retrospect thinking about it where i'm like oh well these characters didn't really do anything and i don't think there's gonna be time for them to do anything yeah um you know let's see where this goes style story you only really know how you feel about it once you've seen where it went yeah exactly yeah maybe it'll be uh, uh, an awesome hour like a just a great one hour conclusion yeah maybe there'll be a lot of uh fireworks Ooh, yeah more flare faces yeah but like <laughs> they're like good flares with like that make like shapes in the air yeah but it's still in his mouth yeah <laughs> he just kind of becomes known for it mm-hmm. it's like a party trick <laughs> it's like there's a party in his mouth and everyone's invited what's your golden moment golden moment was um I actually really liked when you were talking on the walkie-talkie, uh, making Randall talk to his sister, Norma. Because mm. um, even though it wasn't that long and I wish they went further with it, I, I just thought it was a cool little moment that you were given that freedom. 
so I don't think that's something we've seen in a Telltale game up until no. now. Yeah, it, it's some new stuff. It, it's it's a cool. It is a cool moment. I'll skip ahead a little bit and say that how to handle that was my choice cut. So Ooh. Um, we both had it, but for different categories. That might be a first. That's no, I feel like we've done that before. We have to have at some point. Yeah, 80 something episodes. We we almost definitely have. <laughs> <laughs> we've done everything, actually. We've done all the different things you can do. That's true. Uh, no more surprises from here on out, everybody. You heard it here first. Uh, so my my golden moment is very related to that. It's I just think putting Randall's hands in the vice is mm. it like a really powerful when i saw that i was like oh ooh, okay yeah it's Woof. a really powerful vice yeah very very uh is is vice the word for that is that a vice like it's a thing on a tool yeah. table that you, you spin one end and it, it like a clamp it clamps down yeah you want to know how i know that hmm. the sam and max cartoon there's a vice in there that they use like that? Yeah, there, there's like a little mini skit. It's like a two minute long short between episodes where uh, they use dad's vice <laughs> to crush something. Cool. Um, yeah. I, I always was like really scared of those as a kid because I had this like fear. What if I put my own head in it and squish it? What if I make the choice to put my head in this vice? Yeah, and my dad was like, my dad, I I told this to my dad once, and I remember him going like, oh, uh, I've just not done that, so it's been great. (laughs) (laughs) That is good advice. Yeah, and I had to be like, okay, I guess I just also won't. (laughs) Okay, if if, if you're sure about this, dad. So uh, I went into my choice cut already, so what's your choice cut? Whether or not to kill Randall, just because sure, yeah. there th- there's weight to both sides. Um, I was just agonizing over which one to pick, because uh, I it, they really do make you want to kill Randall, but yeah, I I feel like it was it would have been easier for you just because Pete was there, but for me, I had an incentive to keep him alive. Yeah, so that's interesting. Out of the two things for our golden moments and the two things for our choice cuts, all four of them are about this one scene with Randall in the garage. And guess what? <laughs> what? My, what? My are weekly we guy? Weekly guy? My weekly guy is Randall. Hey, Mitchell, you're not going to believe this. Is it really? <laughs> okay. <laughs> my weekly guy was Randall, but to be perfectly fair, I feel like he's one of the only characters who really makes a big impression in this episode. Yeah, it could have been Sam. As the alternative there. Uh, I didn't yeah, but didn't really get much from then, Michonne herself. Didn't really get much from mm-hmm. Pete. Yeah. Well, even even Sam, I feel like she she was good in this episode. I didn't like dislike her, but she's really just like telling you stuff. She doesn't really do anything. Like you're you're trying to help her and get the bullet out of her. Yeah. So like you have that great scene where you're trying to save her and fix her up. But she doesn't do anything there. She just lets you do it. Yeah, and I, I thought about putting Blonde Lady, but like I can't just put the word... If I know her as Blonde Lady, she can't win. Yeah. Randall, <laughs> meanwhile, is like... Like, he is the biggest dick in the universe. I might say he's like the worst person in a Walking Dead game. Or not... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe even just Telltale in general. He's horrendous. 
Yeah, um, I mean, I'm sure there's some Sam and Max villains I'm not thinking of right now who are, like, just evil. Uh, yeah, like cartoonishly so. evil. Yeah, but Randall's basically he as close to... you can get to that while still somewhat grounded. Yeah, he talks about smashing the brains of children in. Yeah, and, and Carver in season two, like, he's the kind of guy that would do that. But he's also, uh, like, self-assured in his own way of, I'm doing this for something I believe in. And he's deluded. He's still evil. He's wrong for doing that. But, like, yeah. you do get the sense that he's trying to, um, in his mind, go to something good. Randall is just like, I like it when I shoot him. I like it when I'm it happens I'm a crazy like man. I killed all those people in the boat because they were on a boat wrong. And I would kill more people and it'll be really fun. Yeah, and like, <laughs> we're deciding whether or not to kill him. And he's like, well, I might kill those kids if I get out of here. Just because. Just because. I just, I just because I feel, I'm bored. I got nothing else going on. And boy, that would have been like perfect reason to kill him. Yeah. And it's, it's weird to put him in weekly guy, but he really is like the one person who does anything that stands out. Yeah, like, on the one hand, it feels like we're almost celebrating him not being written very naturally. But on the other, it's just, like, he's just this force of nature that you you keep going, like, damn, Randall. <laughs> you, you really feel certain ways that is, uh, it's hard for us to get behind. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's strange. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah, just, just the fact that they just go all out with this guy. Like, I, I do think it might be a little too much. It might be a little sure. over the top and not believable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> especially for Walking Dead, which up to this episode, I felt has been pretty good about being grounded. This episode goes nutso. It goes crazy. He goes insane um, on a little bit. It goes insaneo style, yeah. Um, But because of that like how can you just not <laughs> be the weekly guy compared to everyone else yeah uh, i think your your last one was michonne herself was that mine what was it no michonne was mine yours was was it norma i mm, or was it zachary it was zachary i, I think i gave it to zachary okay yeah because you could really buy his fear mm -hmm. uh in retrospect maybe michonne should have gotten uh first place for me too last episode but i i was still at the point where like i don't know what her personality is because right. my personality has been or her personality has been given to me in choices that are very like polar so i was uh choosing things for her and trying to build up a personality but like she's not uh blink slate in any way she has a pre-established thing so i was rubbing against that a lot but now i feel like i get it more Mm -hmm. um although i'm still sort of unable to put it to words i don't really know what i think of michonne i just feel like i have a better understanding of what the writers are trying to do with her it's it's hard to describe her but you also kind of get her yeah i kind of get it i i kind of i feel like i would see a choice for her later on and know if that feels right or wrong for yeah. her agreed so that's been the episode yeah, it's a it's been a really strange one in retrospect. What's uh what's the next episode? The next episode is episode three. True. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone get ready for the Walking Dead Michonne episode three, where we will finish off Telltale's 
mini-series into the main canon of the Walking Dead storyline. I'm excited to finish it up. Yeah, I'm I'm even though I can't see everything getting the attention it needs, I'm I am curious to see exactly where it goes. So I believe the very next series that we do after Michonne is a long awaited interesting kind of game. Uh I think we're headed into Minecraft story mode season 1. Yeah, I- I'm I'm interested to do this because like at least with Walking Dead or Sam and Max or something, you get the gist of like what the tone is, what the characters are. Minecraft is not that. So seeing what mm-hmm. they do with that, it could go anywhere. Well, I, I have seen some of it. I I played half of the first episode via Netflix when Netflix had their own uh, sort of like cooled down version of the game that was just the choices and kind of, uh, if you've seen Bandersnatch on Netflix, they do the same thing where it's just like a choose-your-own-adventure kind of short film. Or, no, like right. long-form film. That's a fun name, Bandersnatch. Yeah, it's from the Lewis Carroll poem of uh, Ooh. the Jabberwocky. And, uh, yeah, it, it, it sort of played like that. I didn't finish the episode, but from what I saw, it was very uh, child-oriented. Mm, interesting. Yeah, they, they brought up in, a, in like an interview at one point that most of the stuff they'd been doing is fairly mature, but uh, like the, the interviewer asked them, but then they said, well, you know, back in our history, we've had a lot of child-oriented things like Sam and Max and Strong Bad's Cool Game and stuff like that. But uh, that always struck me as like a weird comparison. Because... Yeah, I don't really consider either of those, like... I, I guess a kid could play them, but I never considered them, like, games for kids. Yeah, to be fair, I was definitely interested in them as a kid. But yeah. um, they, they, are, they are, like... They, I, I don't even know... They're not inappropriate, but it's... Um, they're, like, destructivist of <laughs> child's entertainment, you know? Yeah. They, they, they don't... They don't they're aware of being children's entertainment in a way that is uh very meta at times so sam and max will beat people up and use guns to intimidate and uh strong bad i guess says crap a lot it's not as strong as strong bad as it is in sam and max yeah i would i would probably consider strong bad like the closest thing to something that like a kid could enjoy well bone i think is bone bone is probably like right on the true true uh yeah but minecraft really is from what i played like a very family level pg or even lower maybe kind of story that'll be interesting since like it, it feels like after they switch to the Walking Dead style games, it's like purely mature rated games and series. Yeah, it's it's like a, a fairly mature take on Batman. It's a I, I don't think Guardians of the Galaxy is going to be very M rated, but it's going to be you, you know the it's Guardians T-rated. of the Galaxy are are much more aggressive in in their way of solving problems than like the Avengers. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't call it, like, some super kid-friendly. Yeah, it, like, a lot of them skirt the line of being, oh, no, kids would like this, but also 
like jokes are sometimes that guys get shot straight in the face <laughs> and and i guess yeah. that's that's like a rude joke to tell a kid probably <laughs> probably they probably wouldn't get it yeah they wouldn't get the nuance <laughs> behind it <laughs> It's subtlety, don't you understand? Violence is one of the funniest humors I've found. <laughs> I guess that's true when someone like falls down and gets hurt. Whew. Love it every time. I I laugh and laugh. So until next time, have a great summer. <laughs> have a great summer. Hags.